1: Hello and welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. And today I am so, so lucky to have a wonderful, wonderful lady as a guest on my podcast. I've known Amanda Joy for only a short while. We are both presenters on Serenity Radio. You can catch her show, which is Wednesday, Wellbeing at 8 p.m every Wednesday on Serenity Radio but today she's um, thankfully said yes she will be my guest on the podcast. (laughs) So I would like to introduce you to Amanda Joy, (laughs) Director of the Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy. Welcome Amanda.
0: Yay so lovely to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. It's like lovely to be interviewed as
1: opposed to be the interviewer. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm so Great, grateful. To go, thank you. I do, I do have some big boots to fill, though. This lady is a phenomenal interviewer. So, being the other side, I've really got to work hard <laughs> because you are brilliant <laughs> at what you do.
0: Oh, thank you, Pearl. Don't ask me too many difficult questions.
1: <laughs> 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 right. I will will jump straight in. And first of all, Amanda, can you describe your career path to date, please? Oh, well, do you know what? It's
0: been really diverse and and quite fascinating. So I started off really... um, over 20 years ago now um nursing and working in care work um I worked uh, in within the NHS and I worked look, taking care of and looking after people who were quadriplegic and ventilated so they were paralyzed from the neck down and also needed some assistance with breathing and um I worked um, out on the community in North Yorkshire, so sort of Midland, Massam, in the Dales area, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous part of the world. Um, a lot of people there are absolutely fascinated and really into horse riding so there are sadly some of the side effects of horse riding can be that people have accidents, motorcycling is also really popular in that area so lots of people who have survived um, horse riding accidents or motorcycling accidents as well as a multitude of other things but it's left them with a completely different life, a life where they don't have a body that can can walk and move around and where they needed to have um, support from machinery to help them to breathe so so that was kind of the start of, of my career and then um, I trained in traditional Chinese medicine uh, trained in Reiki and energy medicine and had this whole because I came from this very west and background where anything to do with kind of energy healing was just weird and witchcraft. <laughs> and, uh, and then I saw it. I saw the power of it and the benefits that my my patients got from it and um, and decided that I wanted to know more and then got completely hooked. Um became so, so started working in traditional Chinese medicine, and then I realized that actually the power of the mind and you know what we believe and how we feel about things has such a dramatic impact on on how we respond and react and move around the world that i i really wanted to get into uh, studying the mind so i Went back to being a student, and <laughs> I'm, I'm a for, forever, forever student, addicted learner. Um, and I studied at psychology um, at King's College in Aberdeen. I did counselling psychology, and I got a degree in psychology at a university in Edinburgh. And then, um, and then I went off traveling for a little while as well. Um, you know, I missed out a few, few. Uh, a few things that I did so as I was doing all of these things I was also training in different modalities of energy work and massage work as well Um, but then after I'd graduated from uni I think it was because I'd lived in Scotland for quite a long time and um, I really wanted some sunshine so I got a map out of the world and just closed my eyes and just did a little swirl with my finger and then Wherever my finger landed that 's where I went. so um I ended up in Spain for a little while. that became my home um for for quite a few years um, and I visited lots of different places uh sort of um, in Africa and then in different parts of Europe and then my my work and my travels took me to asia and uh, and then finally to the Middle East and I lived in Saudi Arabia for a little while so whilst I was out in Saudi I, I was teaching um I went out to to work as a part of a fantastic project um which was to empower and educate women and we opened um colleges right throughout Saudi the most amazing buildings there were incredible locations that the the king of Saudi Arabia had helped to put all this in into action it was very exciting and um, um, so I went out to teach kind of health and social care but ended up teaching English as a foreign language as well because uh, a lot of my students when they came to college never even been inside a building before because a lot of them were sort of Bedouin girls and they they lived in in tents in the desert or they lived in in kind of you know buildings but more kind of basic kind of buildings so they hadn't been in a lot you know a building that was quite like the one that that we were teaching from and um so I, I traveled and, and, and taught in different colleges in, in Saudi Arabia, um, and during all of the time that I was traveling, I was able to really see like folk medicine in, in its, in its, you know, in its in its natural environment. I saw people um, carrying out these amazing um, healing modalities, um, you know, that were very much part of their culture. Um, and I learned a lot and studied a little bit whilst I was there and then came back to the UK and upped my qualifications, um, and started working as a therapist. Um, and, uh, and just this last year opened up the Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy. I just feel like over the years I've had so many different experiences. And when I started to kind of like pull them all together, I was like, I need to teach this stuff to people because so many people out there who need support with mental well-being who who need support or, or guidance in lots of different ways and you know I knew these things had worked so well for me so I wanted to share them um with with the world Pearl I want to share it with the world because this this stuff that we do and teach is so powerful and so amazing like literally on a daily basis I I kind of have these wow moments where I just go wow that worked that was amazing (laughs) and people kind of report back how you know their lives have changed or transformed I do a lot of natural fertility work and uh, I love that because there's a tangible outcome you know there's usually a pregnancy and quite often a baby as well so it's always really exciting to be a part of of such a beautiful journey to help people to to create their own families as well so it's a beautiful rewarding uh, job and I wanted to share that with others so set up um, um the Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy and i probably missed out loads of bits there, but that's more or less my journey. It's quite diverse. <laughs> Nursing, teaching, massage, energy work, traditional Chinese medicine, foot medicines, travelling, teaching and learning, and uh, finally becoming a teacher of clinical hypnotherapy. <laughs>
1: but this is so wonderful. And to the listeners, I always talk about the energy on the interviews and the energy that you're giving and to the listeners, is just brilliant. I've got goosebumps going up my arms already. So this is going to be <laughs> a fantastic interview. And there's so much you bring, so much to everything you do. And it's great. do you know,
0: I love everything I do. I think that's what it is. I, I, I kind of have this rule. I think because I lived in Saudi and because I lived in in a world where I saw a lot of restrictions and where I lived by quite a lot of restrictions when I came back to the UK where we don't have we didn't have <laughs> so many restrictions and um, I just wanted to really live the life that I was meant to live I wanted to follow my divine calling um, and I really feel like using my voice sharing teaching is what I'm here for and that uh, you know when you do the thing that you're here to do oh you get excited every day you jump out of bed in the morning you feel goosebumps about things um you know when you love it and you're passionate about it um it's not hard to (laughs) to 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 promote or to to uh to send out positive energy to to the things that you love yeah
1: absolutely (laughs) Um, yes and i don't think anyone can dispute that when you share your voice is full of the joy the happiness and the love and the passion of what you do which is so great and listeners this is going to be a very very special interview there's so much information and oh, I did forget to say you need your pad and your pen because you're going to get so <laughs> much information here so much information <laughs> Now, Amanda, I'm going to move on and see. You might have covered it a bit in your introduction, but can you name mm. three things that made you choose your current career and why?
0: Well, I think the first thing was really a moment um, that occurred when I was working all them years ago Um caring on the community and and taking care of of some of my patients that were quadriplegic and ventilated. And many of my patients, although they were paralyzed and there were no sort of signals um, about sensation, no sensation signals kind of communicating with the brain, if you like. um, A lot of my patients struggled with neurological Uh, pain so what what we what we knew as neurological pain then was pain that patients tell us about but we really don't know why they're having these pain we we also have we have all sorts of really interesting um sensations in the body even though we were paralyzed I worked with a gentleman who absolutely convinced he had a 10 pound note in his top pocket and um, he really didn't (laughs) (laughs) but he was absolutely convinced and he could feel it and it was like you know when you've you know when you're on your way to the airport and you're on holiday and you think have I got everything I'm sure I've forgotten something and you do that passport check about a thousand times that was the permanent state that he was in because he just kept feeling that this was there and he knew it wasn't, but he just had this really uncomfortable feeling all the time and it drove him mad. So we, we, I got him up one day and got him uh, dressed and put a £10 note in his top pocket. <laughs> and I said, oh look, you got a £10 note in your top pocket, you're right. <laughs> and then we removed it and put it in his wallet and it really helped. And it got me thinking about what's going on in his mind when that's happening. But one one of my patients had really horrific pain. He described it to me as 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 being stabbed with uh, burning hot pokers on his chest area like I mean I can't think of anything worse than being stabbed in the chest with burning hot pokers. that sounds horrific and that was how he described the sensations that he was feeling. So of course we wanted to give this man pain relief. absolutely that was what we wanted to do. my job. To, was to care for him. Wanted him to have a lovely life. So wanted to give him pain medication. So we, we prescribed him opiate-based uh, medications. And, uh, he, you know, he started off on a little bit and then we increased and increased and increased. And, and one day when he, when he was expressing that he was really uncomfortable and, and just feeling totally exhausted with this constant sensation of pain that he was having, um, he said to, you know, I said, oh, I'll go get you some extra pain medication. I'll, I'll go get you some more of these opiates that we're giving you. And he said, you know, when you give me that, extra medication it doesn't take my pain away it just stops me from being able to tell you that I'm in pain and I was like whoa this is not why I came into care work you know excuse me I've got a tickle excuse me so you know I came into care work because I wanted to support people And he'd been through such a great deal of loss anyway and was, you know, had had to completely change his whole life, his work, his lifestyle. Every single aspect of his life had been impacted by this injury that he had. So to think that this guy who was in this complete, completely new life that he was now having to live and potentially grieving as well for a life that he'd lost was experiencing pain and that the pain medication just shut him up I felt like I was putting him in a gag and you know when you when your body doesn't work you only really have your voice and when that voice you know when he voiced to me that he felt pain i had to do something so that's kind of when i started looking into what we know what we used to call alternative medicine we now know it's more integrative medicine because you know at the the medical systems that we we, we we use the medical the, the holistic modalities that we provide have a whole just a whole different way of looking at the body it's a whole different medical system it's holistic um and you know whereas western medicine has this really kind of narrow view and, and addresses what's going on mechanically holistic therapy looks at whole body things but I just thought it were witchcraft pearl I just thought it were weird and uh, <clears throat> so I guess that was the first moment when when I had that uh, that conversation and it, it, it shook me. Um, I went home and had a very large gin and tonic and cried that night quite a lot because I was so mortified by it. Um, and then I think the second moment was when um, there was a lady in the local town who worked in the bank who was also a healer. And somebody had said, give her a try, let's get her in and see what happens. I was like, you're really, really sceptical about this lady who worked in the bank who was a healer. Come on, who is this? What's this all about? Anyway, she came and I was there because I wanted to find out what she was doing. And what she was doing was Reiki. And uh, she placed her hands on the head of this patient, same patient who'd told me about this stabbing pain in his chest. And you could see he was in pain with his facial features. You could see the the tension in the facial muscles um, that were, you know, you could see he was uncomfortable. And she put her hands on his head and the pain just drained out of his face his his facial muscles softened he smiled he looked calm and tranquil he drifted off into a blissful sleep you know a, a, a really restorative sleep that he hadn't had for a really long time mm. and he was completely pain free for about 3 days afterwards and i was like what is this witchcraft? (laughs) What is this weirdness? What is it that she did? So we invited her back to come again. And, um, you know, I, I watched with complete fascination and then had a conversation with her about it and she explained to me that it's universal life force energy it's natural energy that's all around us and that she's like this channel or a vessel that that draws the energy through her and into the client and i was like that sounds like really weird but you know i'm interested so i she she actually put her hands on me and gave me some healing as well and uh, she said oh amanda i think that you're a healer i think you've got something about you um and i was like I'm going to go learn this. I'm going to go learn this. I'm going to go learn how to do this stuff. And um, I went, it was quite unusual, was Reiki at the time. So I had to go down to Nottingham, which was, uh, I was living in Yorkshire. So it was quite a, quite a trek. Went down to Nottingham and I worked with a guy who was a Reiki master called Barry Mapp. And I particularly chose him because he had a very scientific background, and he worked with we worked with energy in a kind of very scientific way. And and because I I struggled with the woo woo side, the witchy woo woo side of things, I wanted somebody who could kind of like explain the science of healing. And he did that so incredibly well. And I did my first Reiki attunement with him, and that was, I guess, the next kind of transformational moment my third transformational moment where I just discovered energy I started feeling energy I was tuning into things that perhaps I'd felt as a kid but dismissed them as my imagination and you know I I fell in love with energy medicine then went on to study uh, traditional Chinese medicine massage and all different other healing modalities and then that led me again, into psychology and hypnotherapy. So, yeah, those three moments, you know, see, listening to that guy, that conversation that shook my world, experiencing Reiki for the first time and the power of energy medicine, like learning about energy medicine and um, how transformational it can be, just projected my life in a completely new direction and it's been a fantastic journey
1: (laughs) and just listening to your journey you take us with you because of that passion and to go through and what your patients must have been going through and to find an alternative way to take their pain (laughs) away It was amazing and yeah. we did uh,
0: we worked using nlp which was the the, pl- the seed that was planted around um neurolinguistical programming and hypnotherapy <clears throat> that's where that started so really you know the nhs <laughs> my my beginnings of my career as you know working in care work and nursing was what you know I'm looking for something that was more effective than than just giving out loads and loads of medication. That was really where it all started for me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so this is wonderful. It really is. And I mean, you might have touched on some of this in your first two mm. answers, but what are the key value? What key values does your business offer you, Amanda? What key values does my business offer me? Or now what a lot of people are saying, where I've done that, also what do you offer your client? Because it could be both ways, because it's slightly different what it offers you and what you offer your client. Well, for me,
0: um, studying this stuff... And learning about all of this stuff has been an absolutely transformational process for me. I studied uh, the mind and I studied psychology. One of the uh, research projects I did whilst I was at Edinburgh was um, I looked at the perceived health benefits of, of mindfulness I learned all about this stuff. I travelled all over the world and uh to different temples and different things and I experienced a lot of this stuff and I learned a lot of this stuff. But if I'm honest, I didn't apply any of it to my life. None of it, Pearl. I was quite stressed, I was quite anxious, I smoked a lot, I drank a lot, I partied a lot. Love a party, I still love a party, Pearl. I'm I'm still a bit of a party animal. Um and um that kind of whole party lifestyle really span out of control. And, you know, I ended up on lots and lots of pain medication myself. I ended up where I, you know, when I woke up in the morning, it was like, there was a, there was, there was misery waiting for me. And um, I didn't, I didn't jump into my day with joy. I really didn't. Yeah. And I had this I guess you could call it an awakening moment where I realized that all of this information that I have, I maybe should start applying it to my own life. <laughs> so I started with um, a daily meditation practice and that helped me to feel more calm and more relaxed and more confident to be me yep. and then as I've learned these incredibly powerful hypnotherapeutic techniques, I also had all the therapy myself so I did a lot of inner child work and healed aspects of myself, um, I did a lot of parts therapy where I really, I really chatted, I had a right good conversation with the bits of me that were limiting me in, in ways, the bits of me that were were reaching for substances the bits of me that were searching out these things you know I always felt like I was always looking for the next thing the next adventure the next big high and I realized that it didn't matter where I went in the world or all of the exciting adventures that I had I was still going to be searching because there was something not right within me this Learning to to be a therapist provided so many healing tools for me that I was able to apply to my life to, to, you know, learn to, to just be in one place, to learn to just be me and to be grateful for where I am and uh, yeah so it was been quite a transformation I also learned um, hypnotherapy for weight management issues I had a real issue with sugar in fact I had a real issue with peanut M&Ms I blooming loved them things little bright colors of joy all over me I was in little sparkly crystal balls I tell you what I was eating a bag a day I I, I was I was really had a really bad relationship with sugar and peanut m&ms and um so obviously i learned about all of these amazing techniques and i went to see a colleague who I'd, I'd, i would, who i'd trained with and i said look i can't sell this because i'm a size 28 and i look horrible and i feel horrible and can you can you like have a go have a go have a go with me and uh you know the first thing we did in the first session was to deal with the peanut m M&M m thing and i am a bit of a rebel to be honest and uh I, i'm a doubter and a questioner too i question everything and i think that's me nursing and me yet yeah, western background creeping in there a little bit but i love peer-reviewed research like i like to know it's all been research and um so i mean the minute i finished uh the hypnotherapy session i went straight to asda and i bought some peanut m&ms and i was thinking now oh, this doesn't work this is just another thing that i've tried i tried everything weight watchers slimming world all different slimming groups drinks milkshakes tablets for breakfast crucifying torturous exercise regimes <laughs> everything just damaged me and you know i might i might have like reduced my body shape and size a bit but then i would soon go back to how i was before if not even more so um anyway so i bought these peanut m&ms and because i am who i am i couldn't even wait to get home to eat them so i sat in the car and i and i I pulled out a red it was a red one (laughs) and i put it in my mouth Oh my goodness me, it was like I had a reality check on this, what it really was, so the the, the kind of the red colour coating tasted of nasty chemicals, and as I'm telling you about it, I'm remembering how it tastes, so I'm screwing my face up, it were awful, like, just toxic, it just tasted toxic, it was horrible, but because I am who I am, I persevered. <laughs> <laughs> and I got through Got to the sugary bit I got to the sugary bit And uh, when I got to the sugary bit It was like the, the, the amount of sugar that was in it Was burning the inside of my mouth It was burning the back of my throat It was horrible When I got to the chocolatey bit It was like earwax I know that's a bit grim to think about, but it's the only thing I could think of that would describe the, the sensations and the feelings that were happening as I was eating this peanut M&M. When I got to the middle bit, I discovered I quite like the peanut. <laughs> so I switched up my peanut M&Ms for lots of lovely fruits and and berries, and I switched it up for lots of, you know, like, uh, sunflower seeds and other kind of nutty kind of treats and what a difference just that small transformation that small change made for me and uh, you know i'm i'm still a work in progress i'm about a size 16 18 depending on where I shop uh now Um, But I'm still reducing. I know everyone's been talking about gaining lockdown weight. I really haven't. Um, In fact, during lockdown, it's given me the opportunity to to do a gut reset and heal my gut. And, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed having some time to be able to cook lots of brightly coloured, energising food. So just learning these techniques helps me transform psychologically and physically as well, you know. So for me, it was a big transformational process. For my clients, I've already spoke a little bit about some of the the successes and and the, the incredible transformations I see on a daily basis. And for my students, I get to share this with them. I get to share my passion with them. And I get to start seeing them seeing these miraculous transformations is all I can really describe them you know these tiny little things it might just be peanut M&Ms it might just be a cigarette it might just be that you're drinking too much it might be that you're a bit stressed out more than you want to be when you when you tweak your life and when you when you tweak when you have that Conversation with your subconscious mind, which is so powerful. I mean, it's only only twenty percent of us is is conscious. Eighty percent is subconscious, and hypnotherapy has this incredibly beautiful, powerful conversation with the subconscious mind. And if there was going to be a fight between the conscious and the subconscious. The uh, the subconscious would win every time, and that's Amazon delivering me something just now. I'm really sorry, do you mind if I just go get the dog? Transformation for me, for my clients, and just absolute joy of sharing that those those incredible techniques and tools with my students, and now seeing them, you know. Just loving and enjoying uh, helping and supporting other people as well in their lives. Everything. There you go.
1: What's the value in that? Incredible. So, I mean, most people that listen to my show and know me, I'm going to say the S word, the synchronicities, and everything that you've mentioned, (coughs) when you said about the inner child, just this last week, the messages I'm getting through from my guides and everything, I have to do Mm -hmm. inner child work, which I thought, I thought I'm so in flow, Mm -hmm. everything's working properly, but there's a few things that it's showing me. Yes, I need to look Mm -hmm. at that. And where you say about being in lockdown and putting on weight, like you, I've lost a stone and a half during lockdown (laughs) because I've looked at myself. I've looked at my business and because I'm happy in what I'm doing and I'm busy, I'm not comfort eating yeah and also I mean yes when lockdown yeah. first started and the COVID word was mentioned I was terrified I'm the first to admit I mean the family were making fun of me because I got very scared but I'm type 2 diabetic it's me and my dad who's mid-80s at home so therefore we were told mm-hmm. we needed to self-isolate and everything and dad kept saying i've lived through wars i'm okay if i'm gonna catch it it doesn't matter and i'm thinking dad (laughs) if you catch it i'm gonna catch it and i don't want i mean we're both we're both radio presenters and we speak a lot and i'm finding i get a cough and i've had to ask people that use their voice a lot how do you look after your voice because when i first started getting these coughs you look at The symptoms, not to think, and I was terrified. I'm thinking, but I haven't been out. I haven't done anything. And yes, you can get a cough. You can get an irritation of your throat. And because we speak so much, I'm having trouble hearing you. Sorry, and that was my Siri going (laughs) off.
0: She's always listening.
1: When when you say to look after your voice and all these things you're saying, it's just wonderful. It's yeah, everything you've said, the yeah. synchronicities, and I can see so much of it. And I think, yes, yeah. this is why you and I connect. Well, I for my voice, because I've, I've, I'm the same as you, I talk a lot,
0: Pearl. And I found that I get little croaky moments and tickly moments and cough moments. I, I do I do drink quite a lot of water and made sure that I'm well lubricated. Um, but I've been working with a lady called Marnie who's based up here in Newcastle and she she um, she teaches mantra singing and I've been doing a lot of sort of singing activities and exercises. Um and scales and breathing and, and, ma- and the mantras that she teaches are just gorgeous. So I do a bit of uh, a mantra meditation in the mornings and I find that actually it's a lovely way to wake up. The birds sing first thing in the morning. Why can't I? <laughs> Probably don't sound quite as nice as they do. But, um, <laughs> well, you know, I get up and, and sing in the morning and do some do some mantra stuff. And I found that's really helpful for my voice yeah yeah let me go
1: (laughs) and and that's where I mean everyone says when they hear my name Pearl they remember the Elkie Brooks song Pearl's a singer now I can't sing I am completely tone deaf and if I do sing (laughs) I always say it rains and just just (laughs) in. <laughs> my my daughter, my children are both grown up now. They're both in their twenties. When my daughter started infant school, because she'd heard and the family yeah. said, "Mummy doesn't sing because it rains." She came back and she said, "Mummy, she said it rained, but in assembly I didn't sing. I didn't sing, mummy." And I thought, "What am I teaching my children?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> well the one thing that Marnie talks about is about that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how how you sound um you know it's about the benefits that you get from the action and uh, you can sing in the bath you can sing in the shower you can sing by yourself if you're not comfortable in front of other people but singing that causes rain pearl could get send you out to Saudi <laughs> and they'd love you out there they love the rain out there I remember one day I was teaching and uh and it started raining and all my students leapt up out of the seats. I was like, what's going on? And they ran over to the windows and threw the windows open and they stuck their hands out and they were all feeling the rain on their hand and they were like, teacher, teacher, it's raining. And I was like, yeah, I'm English. I'm not very excited by the rain. <laughs> Yeah, but to them it was like really really exciting <laughs> so yeah they could be they could be working that for you Pearl <laughs> get singing
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh that is absolutely brilliant I'm going to move on to the next question says so she and her voice is croaking <laughs> right there right now croaking croaking <laughs> Now, Amanda, can you tell me what keeps you awake at night, if anything? Oh, do you know what? I'm a right good sleeper,
0: and <laughs> <laughs> um, not a great, not a nothing that <laughs> keeps me awake at night. To be honest, you know, like once I've once I I tend to have a bit of a a bedtime routine of switching things off, um, you know, because. I can, if I get stuck into a Netflix series I've had it because
1: yeah. I just oh, yeah. watch
0: one after the other, after the other after the other and I'll be up all night watching, so yes. maybe Netflix is, is stops me from sleeping but, um, usually I, I have a, I have a, I'm quite disciplined and I have a time where I switch off switch off my phone switch off the telly, plug everything in on charge so it's all getting ready for the morning and then I have a little moment at the end of every day where I just reflect on the day and I think about all of the things that I always start with um with somewhat positive so I always think about all the things in the day that have happened that I'm really grateful for and it's lovely just to to remember back to those just those little moments otherwise we we drift through the day and we don't even really we don't even really kind of like have those moments where you go, oh, do you know what? That was such a fab conversation, or that was just a lovely moment. And it, I just I love just reflecting on on the things that have happened during the day that I'm just really grateful for, and then I'll, I'll have a little bit of a I call it an inventory. Where I'll be like, right, so, you know, like when you're doing an inventory in your shop, you'll have a little walk round, and anything that's not selling, you take it off the shelf and you do a discount price on it, you get rid of it. Um, or anything that's working really well, you yeah you, you you know you get more of so you can sell it. so I do a bit of an inventory um on myself and and I kind of think, was there anything today that I could have done better? Was there anything today that didn't work well? Did I lose my temper? Did I get frustrated? was I a bit too tired? Do I need to up my myself-care a little bit and I just do like yeah, like a little inventory on how, how was your day? How did it work? Did I manage to get everything done that I wanted to do? Do I need to schedule some more time to do some other things? you know so I really kind of like do this yeah it's in a full-scale inventory as well um and, and just make notes on that and, and and you know make changes that perhaps need to be changed I always joke I'm a tweaker tweak things I always say I'm a tweaker not a twerker. um <laughs> but I have a little tweak of how I'm doing things if that's what I need to do and then I usually just have a little bit of of quiet contemplation time even if it's just sometimes it's just 3 to 5 minutes of just breathing and just feeling me in me in my body being me and uh, you know um i sometimes have um have a little um little thing that i, I kind of say to myself which is uh, have you got god in your day and i'm not saying like the the, the you know the christian god that we might know or the, any of the other kind of gods that we know about my god is the g stands for Forgiving. Who did I give to today? Did I give well? And um, The O stands for oneness. Who did I connect with today? Who did I have that oneness, that lovely connection with? And the D is divine calling. And the D stands for what did I do today to follow my journey and my path? And I just have a little contemplation with God and uh, have that time. And sometimes I do pray a little bit as well if things have, you know, if people are sick or if there's things that I'm worried, about and prayer for me is about handing it over to a to an energy or a higher power so that I don't have to carry it with me I can hand it over I learned that actually when I was out in Saudi because they you know what that's what they do when they pray they hand over their worries to to god and i love that because they don't have to carry it around you don't have to carry a, a bag full of rocks on your back like you don't have to carry your burdens you can you can you can put them down um so so i just have a moment like that and i find that after i've done that i'm ready for sleep <laughs> sleep blissfully and, uh, yeah, and sometimes they have some right weird dreams, but I think that's just because maybe I had a dream about uh, meat the other night, and I don't even really eat meat, so that's weird. I wondered if it was because I'd watched Lady Gaga on YouTube, but I was like, what's this dream? Why are you dreaming about meat? What's that? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> but, uh, no, I sleep really well.
1: <laughs> this, this, again, reflects... The guests that I've had on the show that have found their divine calling that are actually doing what they feel called to do, they all sleep yeah. well. They all sleep well. I mean, that question probably came from my corporate background where I used to ask the CEOs, what keeps you awake at night? if they go into some strategy that they need to put into place. But more <laughs> and more, with my um, spiritual guests, it's lovely to hear and yeah synchronicities I have a process that I put in place when I go to sleep I have meditations that I do before I sleep and yes I've got a bit of a Netflix fetish as well though I have started Disney Plus (laughs) because I like my Marvel films so every now and again (laughs) it's a choice of that so it's seeing and depending on what I'm watching I think no turn that off and because I'm a techie geek I have every device known to man and that maybe sounds completely wrong but you know roughly what I mean and so yes I have to teach myself to turn certain things off and not use them but doing the meditation and I have a YouTube um, playlist that I've pulled together that I play throughout mm. the night. I did try with headphones and I couldn't sleep. No matter what I tried, I tried all these... No, they're not right things. comfy on your head. <clears No. throat> so I've got to say, my, my iPad goes under the pillow and that's it, I just turn it on and that's it, I fall asleep. And normally I don't get any further than the second thing on the playlist <laughs> because I'm out. But your subconscious is picking all those things up. And where yeah. I'm quite new on the journey... I always talk to my guides beforehand and say, give me the down, show me what I need to do. And when you say about being grateful, I think the first one of my serenity shows, I actually spoke about journaling and I've got an app on my phone and it's the five minute journal. And it says you, you write something at the beginning of the day and you write something at the end. And the last thing it asks you is what would you change about the day? And I'd say probably since the beginning, no, probably mid-May onwards, every single day I can write nothing. My day was perfect. And that makes Maybe. such a difference.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's great. I always say start the day with a please. Set your affirmations. Please can I have, put your shopping list in for the day. To the world. Please can I. Feel good, please can I share joy Please can I help someone today Please can I have my, a, a day of enjoyment So I say please in the morning And then I say thank you at the end of the day P's and Q's, my mother taught me that Don't forget, your P's and Q's <laughs> yeah, and I, I
1: couldn't agree more Couldn't agree more I mean, And this is me And probably, probably I shouldn't share it But I'm going to anyway I say please and thank you to Alexa, and my family laugh at me. And I say, no, you're supposed to. I said, this this is artificial intelligence. You are supposed to train these things to know manners. Otherwise, people are growing up with no manners. So when I ask Alexa, and I apologize, listeners, if I'm setting anything off, when I ask what the weather's <laughs> going to be like, and I get the response, I say, thank you, Alexa. And I get back, you're welcome, or have a nice day. And all my oh, family that. look at me that, as if I'm <laughs> completely nuts, which I probably am. <laughs> but it's it's learning. I have these conversations. Now, Siri doesn't answer me like that. As we heard earlier on the interview, she just comes up. She with, just jumps in. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
0: she just interrupts <laughs> <laughs> they like the amazon delivery
1: <laughs> oh, brilliant. I, will, I will move on to the next question but this this is brilliant pure gold dust it really is right amanda you might have touched on this but where and how do you work best Well, I've just
0: had to completely change how I work. So it's really different. So normally I work in a clinic environment. I work in a sort of multidisciplinary practice with acupuncturists and integrative medical practitioners and and amazing therapists. And I usually see people in like an office space where I've got my couch and I've got all of my equipment and everything that I need. And I've, I love working in that kind of space where I can work one-to-one, but obviously we've not been able to do that. So I've totally changed how I work, and I now work pretty much online, like this. Yeah. Um, And I love it. I think when you're talking about how do you work best or where do you work best, I think how I work best is a more kind of important question for me. I need to make sure I'm well rested, I'm well nourished, I need to have had my breakfast, otherwise I get uh, I get I get hangry <laughs> you know I like me I like me good coffee in the morning as well that's important I need to I talk about um a lot my spiritual breakfast that's me please bit in the morning um, I need to have a time in the morning where I I I kind of yeah I feed me mind you know we get up don't we and and for a lot of us we have these uh horrible Funny tasting green milk shaky type healthy superfood drinks because we want to nourish our bodies, but then we're straight into watching the news, looking on social media, and it's like, Well, what's that feeding your mind with? So, I have this feed my body, feed my mind thing that I have going on in the morning where I have my supplements and I have my healthy breakfasts and I enjoy all the bright colored foods and all that, and then. And then I feed my mind. So I call it my spiritual breakfast. And it might be that I just read something. I just got a a new book called Gifts of the the Rain Puddle. And it's uh, little poems and meditations and reflections for the mindful soul. And it's gorgeous. So I might just randomly open the page and uh, see see what it says so this one today is enjoy the little things for one day we may look back and realize those were actually the big things and I go oh that's lovely (laughs) so I, I have my spiritual breakfast in the morning feed my mind with with what what what's good for me so that I'm healthy mentally uh, I'm healthy on a I'm on my spiritual path um on my day as well as kind of just nourishing my body so if I if I miss out that kind of step in the day I don't tend to I don't tend to function so well and I've learned that so it's something that has, it's become part of my habit um what is it? Do I say PRM, um, RPM, Rise P and meditate? <laughs> Get out of bed, go for a wee, sit on my meditation cushion. Um, you know, and I feed, I feed my brain with something positivity. I feed my mind with something helpful, constructive, inspiring. Whatever it is that I might happen to do, um, and I try all different things. I read all different things, and 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 you know, I need that in the morning for me so where do I work best and how do I work best I work best when I'm in a good condition I work online I love doing that I'm really enjoying that and I love working in collaboration with other people absolutely love it you know one of the things I learned through living out in the Middle East I went out to empower women but they really empowered me was the the idea of sisterhood and brotherhood the idea of of raising each other up in the world. There's no such thing as competition. We're all going to draw to us people who we need. And, uh, you know, I love working in collaboration with other people, nutritionalists, um, you know, uh, P- PTs, um, other, other healers, uh, shamanic people, people who do, re- all sorts of people. I love working in collaboration with other people. I find that they inspire me, they teach me. I learn things, and that kind of like keeps me fuel in my rocket, keeps me fired up, keeps me
1: passionate about what I'm doing. And that that is perfect. And yes, again, the synchronicities. I've got into the habit. First thing I do in the morning is my meditation, Mm. and. I've got an area but I, I, I literally take half the pillows off my bed and that's that's my meditation cushions and I sit there and I think again from Serenity, people <laughs> might have heard me mention Lenka Lutonska a few times and I've just recently shared on one of those um meditations. You can
0: actually I listened to that yes. one, I
1: loved it. It was gorgeous, it just is so great. healing. I listen Mm. to that every morning, and that's where I get my downloads. And this is where I talked about my Marvel, when I do Captain Marvel, and the Marvel Universe, where I do all these different things. But (laughs) when you listen to the Lenka Meditation, and you call in your customers, your solar line clients, and you call in your tribe, when you do that every day, and I've been doing that every day for months and months and months now, I don't vary. My morning meditation is the same every time. And literally, the downloads mm-hmm. I get from my guides and the connections, I literally come out of that. And when I do open my social media, I will have connections from LinkedIn, connections from Facebook. And it's really strange the stuff, the people that are reaching out and connecting with me. And I think. Yes, yeah, the meditation, and I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking about it, and it is yeah. and You know, there's a whole there's the you know science is really
0: you know for years we've been talking about how the power of affirmations and we've been talking about the power of the tools and the techniques that we use and all these different healing modalities, but we're really seeing with the <clears throat> the advancement in neuroscience now, we're really seeing that you know what what goes on in the mind, what's going on in your brain when we're doing this things and um you know just looking at how neurons communicate and how new neural pathways are created and old ones that maybe aren't serving us can be broken down and we talk a lot about action potentials that's what's happening in the neuron when they're communicating with each other they're having an action potential it might be a chemical conversation that they're having with each other or it might be an electric conversation that they're having with each other our thought trigger those action potentials our thoughts trigger those communications when we have that conversation with ourselves with our subconscious mind in the morning we actually change the structure of our brain that blows me away that does because you know basically what we're saying is our our become our biology what our mind conceives we can achieve and and that happens on a physical level you know our bodies change depending on you know what we're putting our power into what we're putting our energy into and what we're putting out where we're putting our thoughts so I'm always really cautious about you know my what am I thinking and, and how that's having an impact on my biology it's incredible I I love that science and and these holistic modalities that are meeting in 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 their ways of thinking and understanding the body and what's going on in our brains and what's happening in our mind it's an exciting
1: time it really is an exciting time I know people that follow some of the teaching that I give where I look at law of attraction, everything you've said there where I talk about raising the vibration. And so many people that come from a place where they're unhappy, they find law of attraction and they think it's just saying the affirmations and writing in their journal and then just waiting, waiting for something to happen. But if you don't change that vibration, so internally, like you're saying, those neurons and what's going out there if you're coming from a place of lack and you've still got the work that needs to be done law of attraction mm. will not work because you're only doing yeah. part of it which is why so many people jump up and say yes I can teach you this I can teach you that mm. you follow the basic habits that you can find anywhere yeah work for you and it's like you've you've well, of if-
0: yeah, one of the areas on my course that I feel is really important, and and what makes what I do slightly different to what other people do is that I, I really support my my students to, to to bring their dreams, their their vision into reality, and and I do this by really having a system. Is I call it vision architect and build. So the vision bit is is you know what does what does life what does that life that you want what does that really look like. And when you step into that image, what does it feel like? Where are you? What do you look like? What kind of airs that do have you got? What clothes are you wearing? What does life really look like? and I get them to spend and that's the fun bit in it using your imagination to, to dream I, I know I used to dream about winning the lottery a lot and what I would do with all that money but when we dream that's the fun bit that's when we when we have the imagination the imagination is the is the is how we communicate with the subconscious mind Our, the, the language of the conscious mind is verbal The language of the subconscious just mind is the imagination so when we're imagining all of these things are uh, we're laying down those neural pathways for it for it to really happen so getting you know imagining what you really want and what you dream and what you desire actually change starts to change your biology but then there's got to be a build bit, hasn't there? There's got to be sorry, got to be an architect bit bit where you you, you need a blueprint, you need a plan. You know, you need to plan your, your time, you need to plan who you want to work with, <clears throat> you need to plan which direction you're gonna go in, and you need to think about all the things that you now need to have in place to make to make your vision happen you know you might need a website you might need some training you might need to work with some limiting beliefs whatever it is you you become the architect of your vision and then there's the build bit and that's where you just do it you sit down in front of your computer and you do the work you create the pdfs you make the videos you make the audios you reach out and you talk to people about who you are and what you can do to help them so vision architect and and build is kind of my marketing strategy that that I share with I share with my students and and it's so exciting to see them doing it and and bringing their visions into reality you know they're creating we are the creators of our world and we are the creators of the world that we live in and we can do that simply by you know changing the way that we think but you're right you have to be the architect of that and you have to build it too so
1: yeah there you go that's it 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 is (laughs) i couldn't agree and this is where so many people can see when when they're in flow and they love what they do when their passion comes through it's so much easier but where they talk about the universe mm-hmm. love you, so you almost get rid of the stuff the stuff you need to have work to do work on and then the universe will fill it with that high vibration of what it is you want to attract in but yeah. this, that's the gap that so many people leave out where You have to put work in as well. You have to have the passion. It isn't just all you just say. Right, I want this. I want this. I want this. And I know as a child, I was always taught, "I want doesn't get," because you you just all this and you're not. Yeah, that's right. I want doesn't
0: get. My mum used to say that to me as well. (laughs) You say say please.
1: Uh, so much wisdom isn't <laughs> Oh my right. <laughs> right I will move on because this this brilliant brilliant interview and I know that the listeners are going to be loving this what tools Amanda do you use that makes your work life easier
0: oh I'm a right I'm a right scheduler everything's in my diary I've got an electronic schedule. Um, but, you know, within that schedule, I schedule time for walks, I schedule times to go. I live by the beach. I, I needed to be by the water. Um, I think, I don't know, I believe that I'm a bit of an empath and an energy intuitive, and I feel like I need to be by water. So I live by the seaside. Um, I like to get down by the beach. Meditation, obviously, and, you know, at the beginning and the end of every day are really important tools for me what other tools do I what was the question again just say it again Um, for me
1: what What tools tools do I use that makes your work life easier
0: yeah scheduling scheduling is a big one (laughs) planning my time do you know what's been a really interesting thing as well for me learning how to say no yeah um no is a full and complete answer (laughs) <laughs> you can say no and you don't have to explain yourself and uh you, as particularly when I was doing care work and nursing you know the, the pressure that's on you to do more and more and more and more and more because they're so hot staffed <laughs> and everything's a bit lacking they're like Amanda can you please come in and do no no just no <laughs> no is a full and complete answer so learning to say no um has been um really powerful for me uh, I guess it's about putting really really good boundaries in place and and being quite quite clear but if you if you walked around my house you'd, you'd think I was mad I've got things I have these um big white uh boards that you they're plastic and you can stick them to your wall and you can wash them down and move them around and they're amazing and I have um I have my vision and my architect and my build kind of plan in its in its in its basicness on the wall. I have my affirmations written up on the wall. I have the things that I want to bring into my life every day: playfulness and and joy and and creativity. They're all up there, and and I and I, and I, and throughout the day, I'm like have I had a moment today where I've had a bit of creativity or a bit of spontaneity or I've connected enough. So for me, I'm all about lists. I like a list. I like, I like a plan. Um, and you know, I, I, am monitor how I'm doing throughout the day as well so that I can be flexible with myself. If I, I have a plan, but I can go off plan at any time I want. <laughs> well, I, I have some, be f- some flexibility
1: Yes. And learn how to say no. (laughs) That's something I need to learn to say more because it's almost in your nature to say yes, especially when you start your first business and you're trying to engage new customers, new clients, new students, whatever. Yeah. in constant yes mode because you're being all the positive and everything, and then suddenly it goes to back to what we were saying about having sleep and looking after yourself and nurturing yourself. You need to learn to have.
0: Well, I think as part of a part of our our personalities um pearl because we're quite nurturing caring people and we really want to help people don't we that's kind of what we want to do um and and I don't like I'm not I, I didn't used to be comfortable with confrontation I, I don't like confrontation I don't I don't like saying no but there's an aspect of me that was all about people pleasing just keep everybody happy just keep everybody on your side everybody's got to like me all the time and it's all about people pleasing actually when you're in that mode and you're people pleasing it's so exhausting it takes all your energy and uh, so I learned that people pleasing wasn't wasn't a healthy aspect of myself and you know it was coming from it was my people pleasing was coming from a place of fear about being alone You know, I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want people to, to not, I want people to like me, you know, and, and, and that fear of of isolation, that fear of being alone was causing me to people please too much. And it was causing me to, to, to lose my energy, like waste my energy on things that Perhaps I really didn't need to be putting my nurturing energy, my love energy, my focus into those areas. you know, I maybe just needed to take a step back and say no, yeah, um so yeah, yeah. that people pleasing a lot of us do it, and a lot of people who are in kind of the caring profession do it because we want people to feel good, that's what we do, what we do for, but there needs to be a real balance, um and it was some some an area that I had to work on within myself as part of my growth and development
1: and also you find on the business side you're taught to attract your ideal tribe your ideal client who your customer should be and if we're constantly Mm -hmm. out there helping everyone yes you might attract lots and lots of people to you but are they going to be the people that you really need to work with that want that want and need the services you can offer and that's that's quite a learning curve like you say for empaths for those that like to nurture and constantly give it's learning mm. boundaries again and actually seeing that you're there and you have the energy to share with those mm. that really need it and really connect with you but that again is quite a learning- yeah and and that and that- Kind of healthy kind of
0: giving it, it feels like a flow because because we're all one because we are all connected um, and, and I really believe we're, we're all we're all a, just we're a reflection of each other we are all connected we are all one whenever you do give to others and it's in that kind of healthy balanced place you receive at the same time and there's this beautiful balance of flow of giving and receiving you know I give love I receive lover give support I get support um and you know when you're in that right place that's how it feels it feels like a beautiful flow like you're mirroring this loveliness back back and forth at yourself but yeah it's definitely something that I think we all as empaths um have to continue to check in on and and work with you know work on like we are works in progress aren't we so it's something that just you know just remind yourself you know am I in flow I'm in this place or or am I perhaps kind of like exhausting myself a little bit too much and do I need to um, take a bit of time off today and just have a soak in the bath and watch a bit of Marvel or... uh, your favorite netflix series or chat with your friends or go out for dinner or something that feels nurturing to you um because that's giving and receiving in other ways isn't it giving to yourself means that you give to others in a more effective way
1: because it goes the other way as well that flow yep. oh, yeah. and you saying that that's just triggered a reminder something i saw on my linkedin um profile yesterday i follow mel robbins and i I got into her from the audible book five four three two, one, where she takes action, and that's it she reco- oh, yeah I love that she recorded a post of her in the bath in the middle of the day yesterday, and it was you could see all right, there was lots of bubbles that were covering bits, obviously, so she was quite safe and everything and she said she said I was getting stressed. I had had enough, I needed to rethink, and she actually went through the steps of what the bath was doing to lower the stress. And she said, if you can't do that, go out to nature, go for a walk. go And it was just brilliant. And I thought, yes, the only other bath conversation I can remember, I do believe Madonna did a bath um video at the beginning of Covid but I don't think I watched it all so maybe I shouldn't go there but yes these are the two people I remember actually doing a post a social media post from the bath but it is it's a way to actually help you relax
0: yeah it's I love a bath I love a salt bath and uh, get my essential oils on the go and Get ca- get the candles on, and obviously I usually have Serenity Radio on in the background. Actually, when I'm in the bath, because the music's lovely and the conversation's usually really inspiring. So uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't let anyone in my bathroom or any cameras. That's my sacred space. <laughs> I think she's very brave.
1: <laughs> it just came into my head. And I thought, right, I'm going to pop that in yeah. the discussion because it's a way. Yes, it makes you think. And again, it's seeing someone, it's seeing a woman without their makeup or anything. And that's quite a big jump as well. And it's showing that you feel happy in yourself. But you don't. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Comfortable in your skin. Yes. (laughs) Right, now I'm getting to my second longest question. So I have to take a great big deep breath when I ask this one. Okay. (laughs) What would you have done differently in your life if you'd known then what you know now?
0: Probably nothing, because all of the things that I've experienced, even the really tough things, and when even when I made the worst choices and I made the wrong decisions and you know we have hindsight so where we look back and we go oh I've just done that differently if I'd have just said that if I'd have just made that choice instead things would have been so different you know um I don't I don't have anything really that I would do different maybe I would have um not drank as much alcohol Uh, not dabbled um, with drugs so much in my teenage years I think that kind of had a really negative impact and caused me to feel very anxious and quite unwell on, on times on a more kind of Certainly on a physical level, I remember having horrific hangovers. Oh, man. <laughs> I used to get horrific hangover blues where I'd feel miserable for a couple of days afterwards as well, as as well as feeling sick and nauseous. So I think probably I would have not, not uh, dabbled with... Um, with with substances and and, but you know what all of those experiences and feeling that lost and that desperate and having all of those anxious moments I then had to find solutions that worked for me um and because I know that um they worked for me that's given me such a belief in in what I do um because it because you know Because I've found these these tools and techniques that I share with people to be so effective, Um, you know. I also know they were effective because I used them on myself as well. So yeah, I might have I might have I was going to say I might not have partied out, but I think I really loved the party, and I might just not have uh, got so wasted at parties. But you know, just nothing really. (laughs) everything that i've experienced every moment every everything that anyone's ever said to me anyone anything that i've ever done every place i've ever been has made me who i am today and it's probably taken me a while to get here but i like me i'm all right i look in the mirror and i think I'm beautiful, and I look in the mirror and I, and I say to myself that, you know, today I'm going to bring some some joy to people's lives, and I like that about myself, um, and if I catch myself saying out negative, I have to do some work on it. but um I like me, and I'm only me because of all of those things that I've experienced, good and bad, so no, I' do not different. <laughs> I can' bring me Yorkshire out there. I would do nothing different at all, just
1: keep it all the same. and that is what's so wonderful and again that reflects very similar responses from all the wonderful guests I've had and it is it's that learning curve I mean I know in my past I always went for the bad boys and they'd come back and back and I and people would say to me why and I'd be saying why do I always go back to them A one very close friend just looked, took me to one side and she says because you damn well didn't learn the first time so you've got
0: to... <laughs> 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 to... my mum used to always say why do you have to learn the hard way I'd say because because I'm not interested in the easy way I like the hard way embraced it
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but um, it is, yeah. it's beautiful to know, and you are such a beautiful, special lady, and that oh, come with you girl. it's coming through I mean it's such a wonderful, wonderful interview, and the listeners would know as well. it really is, and you're so inspiring. everything that you've said, what you've gone through, and what you teach, your clients, your students, their coping mechanisms, everything will help them grow in so many different areas and that is what's so special so special for in so many ways oh
0: well I really hope so because uh, you know it, it's it, it you know it's in, so important for us to you know be professional in the way that we work and part of that professionalism is to have support systems in place. It's to have times of supervision. It's to, to have the ability to be able to reflect um, on yourself and go, do you know what? I need to work on this because we're all we're all we're all works in progress. And yes, we can't. I really don't believe that we can be effective in what we do if we don't have these strategies in place, if we don't have a network of support we can turn to, if we're not having some kind of growth experience ourselves. And sometimes... When we're in that growth place, we feel lost and we feel despair and we feel hopeless and dreadful. But I I like to remind my students that, you know, when you're a seed, the best place for a seed, because you're in your seed, you're about to grow and perhaps you know, become a beautiful plant and blossom and be an amazing flower. You might turn into a fabulous tree, whatever that seed's going to turn into. When you're in that seed moment, best place for you is in the dark, in the ground, covered in shit. (laughs) That's how life feels. And that's in the point where we're about to experience growth, where we're about to experience transformation, or when we're going through a very, the very beginnings of, of of a wonderful growth experience, and then there's all the growing pains that that comes with that as we work through the darkness until we get to the place where we reach the light. So you know, we need to have that supportive network. As professionals, we need that, and um, I I I strive to provide that um, within my within my school so that all of our students feel supported. You know, and they can pick up the phone, and they can get that supervision, and they can have that therapy. And I'm really lucky because I work with some really awesome therapists who all specialise in lots of different ways. I have um, I have Lisa who specialise. She's a she's a teacher, uh, um, works with kids, and she specialises in teaching meditation as well as a healer. And she works a lot with athletes. And I've got patty who's got a background in physiotherapy and acupuncture and energy medicine and she really specializes in supporting people with stress and anxiety and then i've got paul who who is who comes from a real business background and you know he worked in quality uh, in the oil and gas business so he kind of like he really drives me to seek out perfection um he's corrects me spelling mistakes pearly's fabulous i love him and um and he's got such a warmth about him and he's he works a lot with people who've been unemployed for long a long period of time and he works with people who are maybe you know had had you know long-term illnesses that they're looking to go back to work and he looks at supporting people in business to to be more successful so we're all really different but we've all got a passion for what we do and uh yeah collaboration I was saying is one of the best ways that I work and I'm I'm so blessed that uh, I have found these gorgeous people to work alongside and they make what I bring extra special too so there
1: you go <laughs> oh that is just brilliant I've got goosebumps and I can I can agree with everything you're saying and I can actually see, as you're talking about, it's like my mind's eye is showing me all these different things and that whole collaboration where it all comes together and it helps so many people Mm. and it is, it's wonderful I'm going to move on to the next question. Is that Amazon? I'm sure
0: I'm not Amazon's got a I, I, I've just become a sh- an online shopper. Oh. It's unreal.
1: <laughs> I've always been probably one of Amazon's best customers. And there was something, they <laughs> someone had sent something and they hadn't put the address on it, but the name was there. And the bloke knocked on the door and he says, We knew this was for you <laughs> because they recognised me. I mean, I was on first name terms with Amazon. <laughs> 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 because it's just how you do
0: Oh, I tell you what though, I do miss I do miss my little shopping trips. I'm looking forward to getting back, and um, there's a couple of really fabby shops in town that all sell crystals and lovely things, and the, the energy in that in those kind of shops. So, like you can feel it singing almost in the environment. I love to kind of like, and I love a I love I love an old bookshop as well, you know, and they've got that kind of musty smell. York is one of my favourite places for shopping because it's full of bookshops and coffee shops and crystal shops and all these fantastic places i love exploring these beautiful places i'm looking forward to that was just uh looking at my photos of me my trip to morocco this morning facebook did that do you remember four years ago you were in morocco i was like oh yeah (laughs) time time for some more adventures i i think
1: (laughs) i I mean you say about that yes crystal shops and I'm a great people watcher so I love the coffee shops and I take and I work from the coffee shop sometimes because yes I've got my home office but it's, it's nice to connect with people and just yeah, when I was I love it. My creative writing I'd go and I'd listen to conversations because my my teacher at university my professor would say to us go and listen to discussions because they then become your characters in your books and you, you can only catch a few things and where can you put that in a story? It's just wonderful. And I'm not nosy. Honestly, I'm not nosy, but it is nice to... Are
0: you a curtain twitcher?
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid so, yes. There be that <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all coming out now <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Brilliant. right i will move on to this next question amanda what is your biggest challenge and why well i think it
0: honestly it's taking care of my own health um <clears throat> i am um, when I was 16, I was diagnosed with HS, which is a very shortened version because the, the long name is something like hydrogenita Suprativa. Um, and it's um, it's one of those weird, unexplained inflammatory disorders. Um, and well, the reality for me is that... Um, I get these horrific egg-sized boils in my armpits, in my groin. They're debilitating, and when I have a flare-up of of that that kind of that that H.S. flare-up. Um, I, I can't walk properly because you know you can't walk with an sized boil between your legs um, and um, I have um, <clears throat> um, and I get aches and pains and chills and fever um, and I also get um, inflammation in my eyes as well with that and that causes blindness so I have to really really take care of my own health i mean i'm i'm absolutely blessed because the work that i do gives me these incredibly powerful tools and techniques and i haven't actually had a flare up where i've been poorly for a really really long time now um And and I do believe that you you know w- with the power of my mind I've healed myself in lots and lots of different ways, and perhaps it'll never come back, um, and uh, maybe. I kind of feel like there are a lot of, of healing that's happened that, you know, it's healed areas that I, I will never come back. Um, but it's I get I really have to be quite disciplined with myself um, because in the past when I wasn't and when I was people pleasing, when I was running around all over the place and when I was partying all weekend and then working really hard all week, um, I wasn't well physically I wasn't well mentally but I wasn't well physically but there is still a little bit of me that kind of has this like just keep doing more just keep doing more keep going keep going keep going and um sometimes I have to kind of remind myself that you know when I'm tired it's because I need to rest <laughs> and when I'm, and when I, you know when I start hearing that little voice in my head saying, "Come on, just do the just just a bit more, just a bit more." I have to go. Whoa, hang on a minute. Why? Yeah. Let's have. Let's have a bit of time out this afternoon. Let's do like what that lady was saying, you know, that lady we're talking about, uh, Mel Robbins. Let's have a bath in the middle of the day and uh, just take some time out to chill. I'm really blessed because I have these really fantastic routines and, and, and habits now that are all around sort of eating well and resting well and taking really good care of myself. But it is something that I have to be really conscious of on a daily basis that I don't go back over and end up in that place of of feeling physically horrible and yucky and uh, just feeling quite in a place of quite dark despair emo- emotionally and mentally so yeah that's something that i have i have tools and skills now to to uh, to work in my life, which have become just like second nature to me. Um, But it's still something that I'm very conscious of that I battle with. It's that little voice that says just another hour at midnight when I should really be going to bed.
1: (laughs) I have to be really disciplined. I can relate to all of that. And I think when we first started Serenity, when Michelle Clark was asking, why do I do things? I've got a corporate background. I've always worked for myself. So although I my mm. clients were corporate, I've never truly been corporate myself. But I used to find, mm. again, you want that, that people pleaser. I'd travel from the mm. Midlands into Westminster. I'd be up at 3.30 every morning. I'd get the 6 o'clock train. I'd be in Westminster at my desk for 7 o'clock. And I wouldn't leave until half seven, eight o'clock at night. So I wouldn't, I'd maybe be on the 10 o'clock train home. And I'd wonder why I was so tired. And it got, you'd maybe get the odd, more colds than you were used to and they'd last longer. And for me, it was always the cough. Because again, like with now, I'd be training people. So I'd be talking constantly. I'd be eight meetings a day where I'd be talking to people, telling people, and I had my flu jab because I've got type 2 diabetes and I was under the weather when I had the flu jab and it turned to full-blown blown flu and I had three weeks off. And being self-employed and three weeks off, of course you get no income as everyone with COVID learn yeah. When you don't work, you don't get paid. So you have that stress and you don't realise yeah. that stress can physically come out as an oh, illness. It's a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: one it? of the biggest killers yeah. and in this in nowadays.
1: Mm. Um, when I've asked other guests about their biggest challenge, they've gone on about things that they like to do, but you've hit the nail on the head of actually saying, learning when to stop and actually saying, yeah. listen to your body
0: yeah that's right you got to tune into your body and if it says you're tired rest and if it says you need a wee you know to go for a wee don't you you don't stop having a wee just you know you have to listen and follow what your body says but we seem to tune out and that's you know the whole eating thing for me was about really really listening to my body as well and, and being mindful about what I was eating um And I was going to say something else, but I forgot what it is, so it mustn't have been that important.
1: (laughs) It will come back, back. I'm sure it will come back. Now, this next question, so many people have told me that it's very egotistical. Now, I didn't think of it as being egotistical, but we'll see. Amanda, how do you want to be remembered?
0: Oh, I just want people to remember that I was fun to be with that's why i want people to you know my family when when somebody dies we usually have a bit of a wake and it's usually a party and there's uh, there's usually quite a lot of of of, of drink occurring drinking drunken drinking, <laughs> drinking and drunkenness um but one one of the things that i remember when my nana died um we all just sat around and shared stories of her and the thing that really came over when we all remembered her was was just how kind she was and just how she had a, she was a very strong christian and she used to work in, down in near liverpool on the wirral and she used to go out and hand out condoms to prostitutes and make sure that uh, the prostitutes had sexual protection and that if they needed help she would provide them she was a she was such she were a tough cookie but she had so much kindness and practical things that she would put in place of people and she was amazing but um she she yeah we all shared these incredible stories of how kind she was well I think you know, if I think about how, when people get to the end, if I, when I get to the end and I'm off to on my next adventure, because that's what a death is—it's the next adventure, isn't it? When I go to my next adventure, I'd like people to just say, "Oh, just you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed hanging out with Amanda. Um, It was fun. I think that's all I would like. Yeah." Happy, joyous, and and free. I like people to feel that when they're
1: when they're around me. That was a poem. <laughs> uh, <do> you <laughs> Just have, invented that. <laughs> you achieved that. Anyone that connects with you, that is the feeling <laughs> you've instilled in everyone. It really is lovely.
0: Oh well, good.
1: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and there goes siri again so i do apologize people (laughs) all right right i'm going to move to the next question now as a child what did you want to be and how close to that dream are you now well i think i
0: grew up in a, a yorkshire village there was 18 houses and i had Sort of, I have uh, four brothers and uh, so I was the only girl in a household of boys so when I was really little I wanted to be a boy <laughs> I didn't want to be a girl I wanted to be a, like a, a BMX stunt man Or uh, you know, and I liked climbing trees quite a lot. (laughs) I wanted to be a boy and a stuntman. That didn't quite work out, Pearl. But um, (laughs) I quite like all things feminine and beautiful, and I see the strength in in the goddess aspect of myself now. And but I think as as a teenager, I wanted to be um, um, a physiotherapist. I wanted to to be a nurse. I I kind of like couldn't decide nurse or physio, and, and I have kind of done both of those things I I became a nurse I did nursing and it was an incredibly rewarding career I loved it Um, and and I haven't ever trained as a physiotherapist but I've done a lot of kind of like the the physical body uh, I have an understanding of the anatomy and physiology of the body I have an understanding of the working of the body and and I've been doing sort of um, massage and touch therapies and energy work for many many years so I wasn't quite a physio um, but I was more a holistic sort of Therapist, uh, body worker, if you like energy worker, massage therapist, and um I've done those things as well. So the things I guess I wanted to do as a child, I've kind of done them, um, and then um, I'm in my next evolution now. um I'm, I'm on the next, I'm on the next part of my journey, which is which is all about using my voice to to, to share these amazing tools and techniques that I've experienced fabulous transformation and that I hope that they can share with others, you know, and get that chance to have those wonderful moments for themselves, but share them with other people as well. I kind of want to spread this uh, like a disease. <laughs> Let's have a pandemic of positivity around the planet. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? A, p- a positivity pandemic, please. Um, can we have one of them? Um Yeah I think I I, I, for as a child I always wanted to nurture and care for others and I think this is just another another way of me uh, being that kind of caring nurturing person but you know showing other people how they
1: can do it too now. Oh I love that absolutely love that and again to reflect what other guests have said as well. The people that are at the pinnacle of their career and doing what they love, it's always been what their idea was, and even as a child. And that's where you know you've delivered on what you wanted and you've stayed true to your beliefs and actually worked towards it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's lovely, lovely to hear. I'm going to move on. Now, this is me and one of my selfish things. Because people that know me, I have <laughs> passions. I have quite quite massive passions now shoes we can't really talk about shoes on a podcast i have probably about 280 300 pairs of shoes well i'm a woman so i'm gonna have lots of that i have books i have thousands of books and now i have loads and loads of crystals so these are my passions but i thought right I'm going to stick to books with this. So, Amanda, can you name three titles of your favourite books and why you've chosen them? And I know three is not fair because you could probably think of loads and loads. But can oh you? Oh my goodness!
0: Okay, so I guess in 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 terms of like books that I I uh, keep going back to, um, I, I've got a few strange ones. So I think um, I have I have a Quran. I was given when I was in Saudi and it was given to me as a kind of welcome to Islam and although I wasn't converting to to Islam there was so much I, I took from 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 being there and learning about you know that that the whole faith of of peace um because islam means peace isn't it and and that whole the whole faith around around peace um was really interesting and and it, on, there was a particular day where i went to the mosque we had a, a women's mosque in our um, in our college and um i wanted to know what the whole thing was that they did, and I wanted them to be able to explain it to me in English. So it was a bit of a learning thing for them to talk about it in English. Um, but I was really curious as to see. And we went and did all the ablutions where they wash, um, and you wash inside your ears, you wash your nose, you wash over your arms, and you know you have this, you have a, a good physical wash. But there's something really symbolic about washing, isn't there? You are kind of like washing away worries, washing away anxiety, washing away fears and concerns so there's a there's a kind of a whole whole thing that goes with the washing thing and then when you do the the prayer there are certain positions that you go in but one of the positions is where you kind of you you're sort of on the floor you're kneeling down and your head is actually touching the floor as well and you you kind of you're in this real submission this place of submission and And what I learned really there is to hand over these worries and concerns to to a higher power to a higher force to an energy like to to not you don't have to carry these burdens around with you and 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 so you know if i'm if I'm usually you know it's usually a spiritual breakfast moment, I'll maybe think, oh, I'll have a little look at my Quran today, and I'll have um a time of contemplation. Before I open it, and sometimes I just open it to a random page, and it usually really, it usually really speaks to me, um, and I usually find um, it's really, really, you know, something that's just for me on that day. So it might be a slightly unusual choice of book, but it's the one that I always go back to. Um, my second favourite book has to be Harry Potter. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> I'm such a Harry Potter kid. <laughs> I love Harry Potter. I love the books. I love the stories. I love the symbols behind the, the stories. I, I have I have Stephen Fry on audiobook. I do love to listen to him. If you've know, had a bit of a tough day, Stephen Fry reading Harry Potter is my go-to. Yep. Um, <laughs> I love Harry Potter any of the Harry Potter books I'm not sure these are the sort of books that you wanted me to tell you about Um, and I guess um, a book that I've read most recently was called Wild Power Um, and I can't pronounce the name of the author, so I'm going to avoid saying that, but it's a a book called Wild Power, and it's all about harnessing the energy of 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 your cycles. You know, we're not right comfortable talking about periods, and we've got some really weird ideas about periods, and about, you know, they're a bit uncomfortable and they're kind of dirty and they're you know we even talk about sanitary wear and sanitary towels like you know we need something sanitary to clear up the mess and the dirt. it's like a we we've got such a weird culture around what are actually incredibly wonderful cycles I mean as a result of our natural cycles we can make babies that blows my mind how can a human body know how to put the cells together to make another human being it's just a miracle and miraculous and I think we're kind of certainly for me I became a bit disconnected from my own body and my own cycles and I didn't really like my periods when I was a teenager I hated them because I wanted to be a boy and a (laughs) BMX stuntman Um, (laughs) but um, you know I I think we've become quite, we've become quite disconnected from our natural cycles and our rhythms. Um, And many of us take contraception and, and and other things that kind of like disrupt the natural flow. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but for me personally, because I had this really odd relationship with my, that aspect of me. um, It's a book that I found to be really, really helpful. It's helped me to understand how my energy works um, in, in, in correspondence with my body's cycles and the moon as well for me, and it's it's helped me to really understand at which points in the month have I got loads of energy, at which points in the month am I really focused, and at which points in the month do I need to just have some days off, and it means that I can be more effective in how I'm working because I understand um, my my cycles, and I'm, I can't remember the, how to pronounce the name or say the name of the person who wrote it, but it's called Wild Power, and I'm sure if you googled it you'd find it but there you go
1: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) really really weird combination there but (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect it's perfect now um I grew up (laughs) with my dad in the oil business so he traveled all round and he did the Saudi stint and he came back and they'd given him a Quran so when you said that the amount of memories you brought back for me, mm-hmm. and I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. Just, so, it, that is so special. Harry Potter mm-hmm. is one of the most mentioned books of all <laughs> of my guests. And what I love with that <laughs> oh, really? We've had so <laughs> many generations that stopped reading, and Harry Potter brought yeah. the love of reading back to children, adults, everyone, it's its ageless. But if it's brought that that people want to pick up a book and immerse themselves and learn and grow, that is wonderful. And that is what J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter did, is it actually brought the love of reading back. So the fact that so many of my guests are mentioning Harry Potter, I think is wonderful. I know it's something my daughter is passionate about and we used to order all the (laughs) books from amazon that's when it used to be that they get it you get it the day it was published and if it was cheaper elsewhere i always used to get money back on amazon as well so with that and the things we got that we got it in hardback and in paperback so you've got lots of different things and again watching the films my daughter will have She she set time aside and she will just binge watch on the films on certain times and it's it's just wonderful fabulous it is and when you talk i love i love a harry potter binge watch (laughs) (laughs) and when you say about wild power and the cycles the amount of people Mm. the amount of people that have been talking about that where you actually understand like when you said about the moon cycles and getting that i can remember before I had children and everything, I would I worked in the pub trade and I go up and out down the country and wherever I worked, the other women I worked with, our cycles would sink. It was always me that my cycle would change to fit in with everyone else. <laughs> but people don't realise how things like it's linked to the tides and it's so many different ways. And if you mm. to understand those cycles, like you say, when are you most creative? And when do you know mm-hmm. and learn to stop and step back? There is so mm-hmm. much information there, so yes, every single one of the books you've suggested, all the <laughs> are fantastic and for so many different reasons, and you pull them together, and that gives you almost a blueprint to move forward and something to use and something you can actually apply on a day-to-day basis as well. Which again is why I love books because it brings so much... (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah I've got I have got so many books it's ridiculous but I was interviewing a lady a while ago was telling me that when she got first on her spiritual path she read everything she could get her hands on but by the end of it she was propping her bed up on these stacks of books and I remember laughing and thinking I can relate to that
1: And now, where you've got Audible, you've got the audio books and you've got yeah. the eBooks. Quite often, I have my titles in all three ways because it depends where you're travelling. Quite often, like when you, I, I used to commute a lot for work. Having a Kindle or having it on your tablet to actually read, you can have a whole library there. Whereas the one book, and then this is this is where I was so sad. I went through a bit where i i wouldn't read properly because i wouldn't i didn't want to break the spine of the book so if i had a book i'd, I'd open it slightly so that it looked like it had never been read because it seemed <laughs> <laughs> Was that not that you mustn't break. Oh no, I I'm a full-on book
0: destroyer. I read books in the bath; they get slightly <laughs> steamy and soggy. I fold the corners down, You're like you know. I, I, and and after I've read it, if I've if I've really enjoyed it and I feel it's going to benefit someone, I'll, I'll pass it on to yes. someone else. But you know, you'll never get a book from me that looks pristine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean that. That was until I went to university and I studied English at university. So all of my books would be turned down and I had my little, um, the bits, the, the bookmarks and everything, or it got to the stage. If I didn't have time to read the book, I was great for the contents or the index at the back. And if we had to answer a set essay, I'd look at where and find it in the, in the book and say, right, that's my quote. It got me through and I learned so much. But it is... For a while, I couldn't tell you what books I loved because I had it drummed into me. I had to study them. I didn't know what I loved. Whereas oh. now I read fiction, I read non-fiction. I think because we all strive to be at the top of our tree, we're always researching. So I'm always reading around my business and what I want to do. But it's a passion. It's a yeah. passion. And I love it. I'm now going to move on and ask you, who would you say are your key influencers and why? Well,
0: years ago, I worked with a guy called Dave Goodfellow. He was a clinical hypnotherapist and, um, <clears throat> and, and, and a pagan as well. Actually, he was really very, very into paganism and, and, and reflect his life. He wanted his life to reflect the cycles of the planet and, um, you know, uh, he was so calm and so kind all of the time. He was a real inspiration for me to 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 become a hypnotherapist. You know, he was the one that planted that seed. And, uh, you know, I, I know he's, he's died now. He's, um, he had cancer and, and died, which was really, really sad, t- taken too soon. But I, I quite often chat with him in in you know when I'm doing things, um, and, I, and I'm always really grateful um, for for the influence that he had and just the way that he lived was so such a positive way. I, I sort of emulated a, a lot of what he did, and and I do things the way that he did them because you know um, he was always this incredibly wise person and i sometimes ask myself what would dave do <laughs> awesome. what would dave do <laughs> and uh you know he's like as a little guide for myself and maybe he is you know with me in spirit sometimes i often wonder whether he is and, and sort of guiding me and and giving. him but i can sometimes hear his voice in my head um you know and saying the things that he always used to say to me. So he was definitely one of my inspirations. Who else has inspired me? So many people, so many people. When I was a teenager, it was Margot Fontaine who inspired me. Um, I, I always thought she was just so incredible to have survived through wartime living in Paris and, and continue to do the thing that she loved which was ballet and dance and she was just this incredible force of of nature that just never gave up and just, just fought for, for her passion and for the things that she loved. So I, I guess she was one of my um, um, really uh, inspiring people as a child but I don't know who's my Eric in er- you know Erickson, maybe some of the um, hypnotherapists are pretty inspiring the way that they work. Elman's one of my favorites, although he we- I think it makes me laugh. He used to induce people into hypnosis using cigarettes and getting them to smoke. And was like, it's so inappropriate, but wow, I love it. <laughs> like, it's so bad, it's good. But um, you know his his techniques um, and he, that he, what he brought to to hypnotherapy has has like it's like made waves throughout throughout the whole uh, of our of our of our industry. You know, uh, Bandler as well. Um, another incredible force of in nature, and, and his work has has provided us with some incredible tools. So, too many, too many to say. But yeah.
1: Oh, this is wonderful. It's, um, say to the <laughs> listeners: I told you this lady is so special, and the information <laughs> and the knowledge she has, and that she's sharing. I told you, you needed the pen and paper. You've got so much <laughs> <laughs> <in there. laughs> Now, I'm going to move on to my longest question, that is why I put it in. But when I ask the question, I think people will realise why I've put it in, but it's quite a mouthful. So here I go. If you could share a great meal with anyone, alive or dead, what would the meal be and who would it be with? All right,
0: without a doubt, it would be fish and chips and mushy peas. Yeah. With a nice cup of tea and bread and butter. Cause he can't be. That. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who would I have at the dinner? Oh man, I think this probably changes on a daily basis. Um, okay, who would I have at the dinner table? I I think I would have Sigmund Freud. Yep. Yep. I, I, I reckon he'd be a bit a bit of a he'd be a bit a bit of a kind of. A bit, probably a bit of a miserable guest, to be honest. But I have lots of questions I'd like to ask him, yeah. and uh, I, I would have just, I'd just like to get a sense of his energy, and and you know it, who he is, and, and and why he wrote what he did, and what influenced him. I have lots of ideas about you know who he is and 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 what influenced him. And uh, dur- during my time living and studying in Edinburgh, I was nursing a lady who who i think her husband's father was um was a quite a famous um psychoanalytic um psychologist um and and really brought about changes and, and moved away from freudian theories um and and i know that freud wasn't very good at hypnosis he didn't like it he wasn't right good which is why he stuck because he couldn't get rapport with people they didn't like him he was a bit stiff and a bit weird i reckon and this is just my theory uh, but um that's why he kind of like focused on the dream analysis and on his psychosexual stages of development. But I'd love to have him at my dinner party. I think he'd be quite good. Um, Michael Jackson. (laughs) I know there's been some awful things said about him over the times, but I've always loved his music. And, um, and, and uh, I think, maybe he what he maybe he did do a lot of the things that he what, have been suggested that he did and and maybe he was guilty but I think he was probably just a, a very very damaged person um and we've all got we've all got damage we've all got areas you know we all don't do the things that he was suggested you know that was suggested that he did but i I reckon that He'd he just bring some groovy music to the to the fish and chip mushy pee dinner party that we're having with Freud. <laughs> so Freud and Michael Jackson would have to be there. Uh, I feel like I need a woman. I feel like I need a woman at the dinner table with me. Um, can I think of any women who would quite like, hmm, ooh, so many to choose from? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'll probably just have my best mate. <laughs> Can I have my best mate? Can I have my mate? I've got, like, uh, my best mate's called Kate, and uh, we're, like, our lives are in total synchronicity to the point now where if if I get a parking fine, I ring her and tell her I've had a parking fine today. So watch out, you might get one. Um, we we had the same. We had this. We didn't know each other as children, but we had the same pets and they had the same names. <laughs> we had the same nickname as kids. We had the same ballet teacher, but in different locations. Um. And there's so many things in our lives that are just so weirdly connected. We feel a bit like we're well, we call ourselves soul sisters. Um, I've really missed av- her over lockdown, and I've missed our hugs, and I've missed our times of slobbing out on the couch and and uh, you know nibbling on uh, chipsticks and hummus and talking crap because that's what we love doing—just talking nonsense and laughing together. So definitely, have my mate. I'm not sure that she'd approve of my choice of guests. <laughs> I'm sure she'd just come along anyway. So my best mate, Kate, Michael Jackson and Sigmund Freud. <laughs> there
1: you go. And fish and chips. Which please? No, it's either fish and chips or it's a roast dinner. That's the most popular meal that people choose. And Michael's... Is it really? There you go. And Michael Jackson has now been mentioned twice. As someone that they oh there you go and it's either family (laughs) or friends as well. So yes, that's it's just wonderful, and that sort of conversation would be great. Can you just imagine having the way you ate food analysed by Mr. Freud? You really you just can you imagine (laughs) and then if you start I'd I'd love to
0: watch Michael Jackson and Freud working together. Can you imagine that? That'd be incredible. (laughs)
1: afterwards I mean can you just imagine that it would just be brilliant from your cup of tea absolutely perfect (laughs) 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 now we've almost almost come to the end the time has flown and I know we've gone over the time so thank you because you had you've got so much to share And I will ask you now... It's hard getting me to shut up, Pearl, to be honest. It's hard to get me to shut up. Once I start, you can't stop me. (laughs) Can Can I invite you back now to be a regular guest? You have so much information to share. You are so knowledgeable. And I think our rapport, as we've been discussing this, this is why we've overrun from the initial time I asked you. It just works. So I would love to invite you, Amanda, back to be a regular... I would love to come back.
0: I'd absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. We might have to, like, put a timer on and some (laughs) kind of a buzzer system for
1: us. (laughs) And you've heard that. There's my voice getting croaky. Now, listeners, I say this... Now that I know that we can ask Amanda back, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast because those that subscribe know when a new episode has been added. So you know straight away you can listen to it straight away. So I'll move on from that. And what I will do, I've got last two questions, so I will pull them together to ask Firstly Amanda what services or items do you offer to your clients or customers or to your students and do you have any special offers at present that the listeners can grab as soon as they've heard them? Yes, I do.
0: Okay, well, obviously, I work as a hypnotherapist, so I'm currently working online. Um, I work with lots of different in lots of different areas, uh, modalities, um, and in ways that I can help you on a one-to-one basis. If you want to, if you're going through something in your life and you just want to talk it over, um, and and I offer a free consultation because I think it's really important for you to have the opportunity to meet me and decide if you want to work with me, and I want to know if I can really help you as well so i offer a free consultation and uh, you can you can you can book in for that free consultation via my website which is just amandajoy.co.uk um and then um um so that's more of a, a on on a kind of how do how i work one to one with people but um at the moment what's my my real passion is is my is my foundation and diploma in clinical hypnotherapy so you know like when you do when you commit to do a diploma and commit in clinical hypnotherapy you know there's 140 hours of classroom time So you need to commit to that. But then there's about another 350 to 400 hours of self-study time that you need to commit to as well. And then there's a financial commitment. So it's quite a lot for you to consider when you're in that, should I, shouldn't I, should I train, shouldn't I train? Maybe it's something that is completely new to you and you've never thought about it and you're like, ooh, I might quite like to work in that area or maybe you've been wanting to do it for years but you've just never done it or maybe you're already working as the therapist and because of the current climate you know we've had, you've had to change the way that you look at your work you know you're looking to upskill but it's it's a big commitment it's a big step so at the Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy we offer a foundation training weekend and on that foundation training weekend you get a little bit of history of hypnosis, a little bit of background. I like to respect millinearage and, and, and tell people about, you know, where it all started and, and how it came to be where it is now. Because it's a really interesting journey that the practice of hypnosis has been on. <clears throat> and some of these tools and techniques have developed over these times. And I think it's good to know where they came from. So we have a little bit of background a bit of history we learn about what hypnosis really is and how it works how, what is it and how does it work and then um on that first weekend um you ve- you learn how to very safely and effectively <clears throat> guide someone into a hypnotic trance how to deepen that trance so they're in this blissful but perfect healing space for therapy. And then we also guide you and give you the tools to help you to build confidence. You know, a lack of confidence is something that is like a bit of a pandemic, isn't it? We all want to look a certain way, be a certain way, and, and sometimes life demands that we have to have, you know, The perfect bum and the right boobs, or be a certain way, or act a certain way. And actually, you know, you don't but you need to have the confidence to be you. And that's an incredibly powerful tool that we can share with our clients. But it's also really good for anyone who's about to set off on a new journey and do something completely different. So we also teach self-hypnosis and we give you the tools to build your own confidence as well. And then it really does, it's like fueling up your rocket. And if then you want to make the commitment and go on and do the Diploma Well, then you can choose. And if if you've dipped your toe in the water and you think, you know what, it's not for me. Well, you've not had a massive commitment of time and money and all of those other things that I was talking about. You just get to have a little sample. And if you're a meditation teacher and you're looking to kind of do a bit of continuing professional development, or if you're a therapist and you're looking to do a bit of continuing professional development and it's just a kind of, you want to have more of an interest, this course is also for you. So it's 14 hours of of continuing professional development um, training and a foundation in clinical hypnosis. And this is the best bit. You get to become as a result of uh, doing that foundation, you get to join the Complementary medical association. Now, I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, I had uh, Jane, Janie Goddard on um, the Wednesday wellbeing show a couple of weeks ago. And I think she's on this week as well, actually. And <clears throat> she um, is, is the, one of the directors of this incredibly progressive um, uh, organization. And um, they are, really sit alongside Western medicine in terms of research and in terms of how how we are. You know, our, our industry is very progressive. It's changed, it's transformed and there's a lot of information out there. So they work work doing research, they're very progressive and under their umbrella they have a whole different range of therapists it's not just hypnotherapy so you get to become a member of them and they've got loads of free training and all sorts of stuff as well on offer they're amazing Um, and then you can get insurance to practice so it means that as you are learning and doing this diploma course as you are developing your skills you practice obviously in the class and with your colleagues first but then you can go out and actually start working with people and you've got uh, you know an accrediting body that's supporting you and you've got insurance in place just in case you need it Um, not that you would but it's there anyway and it just means that you you you're safe and effectively can get out and start working with people and using these tools and many of my students actually pay for their course fees um, just because they're able to actually start their businesses before they've even graduated so the foundation course is a great way to begin and um, our next sort of um intake of students is september and october and the foundation training weekend is just 100 pounds so it's not a huge investment for you to dip your toe in the water and see if it is for you um and uh see if it's 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 a career that you want to have uh, you know you see if it's for you come and dip your toe in the water without a big kind of scary financial investment so I guess that's a, a really good offer that I can tell you about
1: brilliant. <laughs> brilliant and your passion comes through and I think that's one of the things that any of the listeners I told you this lady is so so special and is everything you've shared, and your knowledge and expertise. You've listened to this on the podcast. Just imagine what you're getting when Amanda's actually training and teaching you. You've got that full immersion where you're actually learning from the best, and it's just pure perfection. It really is. (laughs) Oh,
0: perfectly imperfect, I like to say. (laughs) 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 but thank you Pearl that's lovely
1: that's so lovely to hear that thank you so much and what I say to the audience to the listeners as always all the links to everything that Amanda does will be put in the description so you can go through to her website to follow her on Facebook so you know you've got all the information I'll let you know when her shows are on so you know exactly to schedule into your calendar and listen to those and it just leads me to say a massive, massive thank you. She says with a very croaky voice. But <laughs> thank you for being my guest. I can't thank you enough. I have loved this interview. You are such a very, very special lady. And it's been a pleasure sharing with everything that you've taught us, that you've explained to us, and just learning of your journey. It's just been wonderful. Oh,
0: thank you, Pearl. Um, I I absolutely love your show and I'm 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 all already excited and looking forward to coming back on again. So thank you so much for having me on. It's great. It it's not difficult for me to talk about the things that I love and I'm passionate about. It's uh you know, when you when you see on a daily basis incredible transformations, it's such a joy, it really is. Um You know, I was called Amanda Joy clearly for a reason. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have
0: enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.